This next part of the book of Acts is one of my favorite in the whole book. Um, Really, the whole Bible is my favorite. But honestly, this passage to me is is one of the most practical uh, passages that we can use in application in our life as believers today. You know, last week we learned how God wants to use our difficulties and our distractions to draw others to him instead of focusing on ourselves too much, that God wants to use us in the midst of our trials. Not that he causes the trials, but that he uses the trials in order to bring others to him through us. We learned how the early church shared the gospel as they were literally on the run for their lives. Their lives were threatened, and yet they shared the gospel everywhere they went on the way. It was part of God's plan, really, to start the Great Commission. It was the really first missions opportunity, and they were on the run, and their lives were threatened. They didn't allow possible death to distract them from sharing the gospel, and neither should we. This week, we're going to learn that what the Holy Spirit wants us to do, what God wants us to do, is to start where they are. Start where they are. I'm constantly on the lookout for opportunities daily to share Jesus. I look for openings in conversations or situations. I look for opportunities to meet people where they are in their faith journey. In the past couple of years, when I was driving school bus to supplement my ministry habit, I would often receive shocked and even sometimes surprised expressions from fellow employees when they found out that I was a pastor. Usually, after they found out I was a pastor, they'd then apologize for their language, (laughs) to which I'd say, take that up with upper management. I am just in sales. And truly meant it. That was between them. That's not my deal. Um, So they'd apologize. But here was the thing. They, They couldn't believe I wasn't always preaching at them. They couldn't... Uh, believe that I wasn't always badgering them about Jesus. Don't misunderstand. When the opportunities happened, I was always listening for the chance, but I wasn't the one who was forcing them to listen about Jesus. A cool thing would happen with almost all of them, and that is over time, they would ask me to pray for them, or they would ask spiritual questions because they trusted me, because they knew that I loved them and I loved just having relationship with them. You see, the Holy Spirit wants us to start where they are, not where we are. And when someone does that, when someone over time says, I called you because I need prayer, not because they knew I was a pastor, but because they knew that I cared, They call me and say, I need prayer. Or they call me because they have a spiritual question. That tells me that I'm doing everything I can to build real healthy relationships with people. And that's what God wants us to do. Have you ever been talking to someone about Jesus and they looked at you like you were weird? 
see a lot of heads nodding yes. Maybe it's the way you're talking about him. I think that we've likely all experienced that before. I want us just to watch a quick video. Presenting Real Christians of Genius. Real Christians of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Christianese speaking person. Mr. Christianese speaking person. When conventional wisdom said no one can understand what you're communicating, you dared to prove them wrong. Dared to prove them wrong. You knew your neighbor didn't know words like trinity, salvation, and eschatology, but you overused them anyway. You can't stop it now. When people told you what they believed, you had the guts to laugh in their face and wish them luck in everlasting retribution. You gotta be kidding. So stand proud, chosen one. Yea, though your words confuse the mess, thou knoweth what thy meaneth. You know, we laugh about that, but it's a little bit too true, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah, it cuts a little close to the heart, maybe. Um, Sharing our faith, sharing what Jesus has done in our life is not meant to be complicated or confusing to those who have not heard yet about Jesus. It's not supposed to be something they don't understand. Today we encounter an unusual happening in the book of Acts. And and even though it was an unusual situation, the people involved made it seem natural. We're in Acts chapter 8, and so if you'll go there with me, and it'll be on the Sky Bible in a moment behind me if you don't have one with you or you don't have an app on your phone. Acts chapter 8, and verse 26 is where this story starts out. As for Philip... An angel of the Lord said to him, Go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the Candake, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship and he was now returning, seated in his carriage. He was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk alongside the carriage. Philip ran over and he heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. And Philip asked, do you understand what you're reading? The man replied, how can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. The passage of scripture he had been reading was this. He was like a sheep led to the slaughter, and as a lamb as silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. And then verse 34 and 35, the eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So the beginning with this same scripture, Philip told him, the good news about Jesus. A little background here. 
the Ethiopian eunuch served as Queen Candace's treasury secretary. This is an incredibly important government official. And if you can imagine with me, this majestic man dressed in a fine robe, hanging out in his chariot, reading Isaiah, looking good. He has all the trappings of wealth and power. This is a guy who would have no question been intimidating to Philip, who is just a regular guy. Now imagine Philip in his one and only tunic. Dirty, dusty, filthy, sweaty from his long walk in the desert. And this very definitely regular, quite dirty guy who has no observable authority at all. (laughs) What a stark contrast. People from two very different worlds, right? There really shouldn't even be a way that they could talk to each other or communicate with each other. They're such in different places. In verse 26, we see something interesting take place. It says, As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, Go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So Philip, regular guy that he is, is also a guy who is in tune with the Holy Spirit. He is in tune with God. And when he hears God's voice, he listens and he does it. That's what we see demonstrated here. I have noticed, do you notice in this passage how specific this is? It says, go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. Very specific instruction, right? I've noticed that when God gives instruction, he is rarely, if ever, vague. Have you noticed that? When you felt like you've heard the voice of the Holy Spirit telling you to do something, it's pretty specific, isn't it? It's pretty clear what it is God wants you to do or what he's instructing you to do. I know whenever I hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, he is quite specific with me. And when he talks to me, he talks like I talk. He kind of speaks my language. I understand. Uh, He doesn't use words I don't understand. Maybe I should put it that way when I say he speaks my language. I I get what he's saying so clearly. I don't have to, to say, what does that mean? You see, I don't believe that God wants us to be confused. I don't believe that he speaks to us in riddles. What would be the point of that, really, when you think about it? Why would God want us to be confused? Why would he want us to not have clear direction in what to do? And so what we see here is is Philip has gotten very clear direction about what to do. You know, funny thing happened to me last couple weeks. Um, I, I, I bought this carport to protect my precious red beetle that God gave me. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, 
it's a seven-year-old car, so it's not new, you know. But I wanted to take care of it because it had to sit outside. So I bought this carport online, and I assembled it. And as I was assembling this carport, it has these poles. And some of the poles had bolts where they slid together. Some of the poles didn't. And uh, I got it all put together, and I'm looking at it. I'm pretty proud of it. And, and, and then there was this voice in my head that said, you know... You should put bolts in the spots where there aren't bolts. And I thought, nah. So about two weeks later, we had a big wind. And the place where there were no bolts, here's what happened. The carport lifted off the place where there were no bolts. And then it drug this metal bar across my windshield over the roof of my car, and I kid you not, there's a huge gouge in the roof of my car where there wasn't a scratch. So, what did I learn from this? <clears throat> Here's the thing. This isn't the first time the Holy Spirit has spoken to me in a very practical manner that made sense. It was the Holy Spirit saying, hey, you better put bolts in there because if you don't, you're going to have a problem there. You see, I believe God not only does not want us confused, I believe his Holy Spirit directs us every day in the practical, not just in deeply spiritual things. He's always talking to us. He is, he is here to give us wisdom and protection and strength and boldness and confidence. This is why we need the Holy Spirit and more of him. And it's why we need to listen to the Holy Spirit. So, I'm just telling you this story because I know you guys think I'm perfect, but I'm not. So, <clears throat> as my wife laughs. Uh, going on, again in verse 29, it says, The Holy Spirit said to Philip, Go over and walk along beside the carriage. Did you notice when he did this, uh, right away in verse 3, it says, Philip ran over. So there was not even a moment of thinking about that. Here's Philip in his greasy, dirty, smelly tunic, the only piece of clothing he owns. He's walking across the desert. Here is this guy in a carriage, I'm assuming, um, bejeweled like my beetle. It probably had stripes on it. I don't know. It was probably red. Um, <laughs> But he's in this, in this, you know, these fancy clothes. This is a guy who's got money. He's a guy who is a government leader. And Philip, when the Holy Spirit says, go over and walk along beside the carriage, Philip ran over. It doesn't say he thought about it. It doesn't say he asked the Holy Spirit, do you think this is a good idea? You know, Philip just followed what the Holy Spirit told him to do. And, and he told him to go to the chariot and stay near it, to, to walk alongside the chariot. Notice that it did not say, Holy Spirit didn't say, preach to this man. The Holy Spirit didn't say, hold a church service. The Holy Spirit didn't say, talk about transubstantiation <laughs> or the Trinity or talk. The Holy Spirit didn't say any of those things, right? Holy Spirit said, go and be alongside the chariot. Really what the Holy Spirit was saying is, be available. Go over to this man, introduce yourself, and be available. 
And that's what Philip does. And in verse 34, we see the eunuch asks Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? You see, if we will just start where they are, that's what Philip's doing here. He is starting where this eunuch is, and he waits for the eunuch to invite him to share what God has done. We have people all around us who honestly, they just want to be loved, right? We all want to be loved. They just want to be loved. They want to know that they're valuable. They want to know that you're there for them, that this isn't just an opportunity for you, but this is a relationship. And, and although this relationship is incredibly short-lived in this situation, what we see is Philip waits for the Holy Spirit to say, okay, let him have it. Right? Because the eunuch invites him. He says, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? And so beginning with this same scripture, verse 35, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. Talk about an open door to witness the gospel. Understand this, when Philip started down the road that the Holy Spirit told him to go down, he didn't have a plan. He was just being obedient. He just followed where the Holy Spirit told him to go. He had no plan. Philip did not have a strategy to reach Ethiopia, but God did. And that's exactly what happens in this passage. Don't you think that this trusted government official, a treasurer of the queen, this is a guy who's trusted. This is a guy who has influence. Don't you think that he had influence on Queen Candace and maybe even the entire country? You see, I don't believe there are coincidences. It wasn't a coincidence that this chariot was going down that road that Philip saw off in the distance and the Holy Spirit said to him, go walk up beside the chariot. God had a plan to reach this eunuch, to reach this government official, and Philip was the guy. Philip had no plan. God did. Philip was obedient And God used his obedience to lead this man to Jesus. As you go on to to read the rest of the story, you find later on, and I didn't share this passage, but after Philip has shared the good news, the eunuch says, why shouldn't I be baptized? (laughs) The eunuch says, okay, I'm in. I believe what you're sharing with me. Why shouldn't I be baptized? We see that clearly this man has been led to a relationship with God. You see, God had a plan from the moment this eunuch jumped in his chariot, who knows how many days before that. He had a plan long before Philip was ever walking down this road. And he used Philip to change not only this man's life, 
But I suspect the lives of many because of the influence this man had. You see, Philip wouldn't have that influence. Philip could have gone and stood in Queen Candace's court, and he could have preached the same word, but he would not have the influence this eunuch would have. I love that Philip was not intimidated by the Ethiopian's appearance. I love that he didn't even give it a second thought. And what I love about that is, is it's not Philip. It's the Holy Spirit, you guys. The Holy Spirit gave him that boldness and confidence. Philip didn't do that all on his own. But because he was a man who knew what the Holy Spirit's voice sounded like, because he was a man that knew he could trust God, no matter what God got him into, (laughs) he went. And this Ethiopian's life was changed. See, there's, I think there's two lessons we can learn from this story. There's probably more than that, but I'm just going to tell you about the two I thought of. <clears throat> there's two lessons I think we can learn. The first one is to be available and to care deeply about others' eternity. God wants us to be available. And he wants us to care deeply about the eternity of the people that we live near, that we work with, that we run into at the supermarket. God wants us to be like Philip in this passage. And when we're over inspecting the cantaloupes, And somebody is over here looking at the celery and the Holy Spirit says, hey, you should go say hi to that person because you like celery. I don't know. I'm making all this up as I go, right? Okay. Point is, we should be available. We should be looking for the opportunity. And I'll tell you, that that would go completely against my nature personally. But if I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying to me, Bob, take your cantaloupe over to that guy with the celery and introduce yourself. Because there's a conversation you need to have with him. God wants us to be available. He wants us to care deeply about others' eternity. You know, I think that we get in this, I don't even know what to call it, um, this Ziploc storage bag of safety as believers. No, I I want Ziploc storage bag, not cocoon. (laughs) (laughs) That's good, though. I should have thought of that word. Um, we get in this, you know, thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you, Jesus, for healing me. Thank you, Jesus, for restoring my life. And then we zip the top of the Ziploc shut because we're safe. And there's all these people on the outside of the Ziploc bag who don't know Jesus. Friends, there's thousands, plural, in this region alone who do not know Jesus, people that you say hi to every day, and you might not have much more relationship than that at this point. I had this great opportunity this last week, um, met with, with Pastor Zach and, and a friend from church here for coffee at McDonald's, and the coolest thing happened. There were three old guys, well, they're really about my age, they're older than me, but, but three guys sitting there having coffee, and those three guys were my neighbors. 
And one of them says, hey, Bob, come over here. I want to introduce you to this guy who I didn't know. And then said to me, hey, we have coffee here uh, at 8.30 and 2.30 pretty much every day. And and you're welcome to come. (laughs) I don't frequent McDonald's, but I'm going to begin freaking McDonald's because... (laughs) I can talk, I promise. Because here's the second point. Look for opportunities. Keep your eyes and your ears open for opportunities. Man, could there be a better invitation to these guys from my neighborhood? What an opportunity to build a relationship with them. At some point, I know that I know that I know that they're going to ask me a question about Jesus. Or they're going to ask me to pray for them. There's going to be an opportunity there. And even though I hate McDonald's coffee, I will go there just to build a relationship with them. I mean, to me, that's a Holy Spirit moment. You guys, you have those too. I know you do. Are you watching for them? Are you looking for them? Are you listening for those opportunities? People who want to have relationship with you. And let me say it like this. You know, we laughed a little bit about that video. And I I do think that video is hilarious. But um, don't be weird or strange. Don't be weird or strange. Talk about what God has done in your life. Talk about what he's doing presently. But don't use weird language. Don't act weird. Just build relationship with him. You notice in this passage, Philip did not use religious language. Philip, who brought the Ethiopian to God, did not use religious language. Yes, he talked about God's word, says actually he filled them in the gospel story after that point in Isaiah, but he didn't use religious language. He talked to him in a way that he could understand. And I think that's where we as believers often make a mistake. We make a mistake because we know too much. (laughs) And maybe we share too much. Maybe too early, too soon. Maybe we share details that they couldn't possibly understand without having spent a lot of time studying God's word. We need to communicate to them in a way that they should. I think that we, we bruise the fruit of the Holy Spirit by being too religious. Maybe too harsh. Maybe too direct. I know I shared that story with you about one of my sons who was sitting on the, the bus, but I, I, I just want to share it again. And what an example of being direct when the kid he's never met before doesn't know his name, turns to him and doesn't know my son who has the crazy rock star hair and says, you know you're going to hell, don't you? That was the first statement that came out of his mouth. What, is this, what does this mean to you? I think the Holy Spirit would ask us, are, are you ready to share the good news in an instant when the Holy Spirit leads? Are you ready to share what God has done in your life in an instant 
when the Holy Spirit leads. And I know I've talked about this before as well, but you should have a three-minute story, and then you can have the 30-minute story. But be ready to share what Jesus has done in your life because the Holy Spirit is going to do like he did with Philip, and he's going to say, go walk alongside the chariot or go have coffee with the old guys at McDonald's. But the Holy Spirit is going to give you an opportunity. Are you ready? And are, are you waiting for that opportunity when the person will ask the question just like this eunuch did when he said, how can I understand this? Gave the opening. Wait and look for the opening. Are you talking or acting weird when you share Jesus with others? I encourage you to just think about how you talk about what Jesus has done in your life and that you talk about him in a way that is, is a conversation that would make sense to others, that they don't have to have a, a theological degree or they don't need to have uh, the book of First Peter memorized or, you know, talk to them in a way they can understand. Use their language, meet them where they are. Are you constantly thinking about how could this conversation turn into an opportunity to share Jesus? You know, as we converse with them, as we listen to what they're sharing, are you thinking in the back of your mind? Now, I encourage you, don't be thinking while they're talking, but after they say something, say, Holy Spirit, is this an opportunity? Ask yourself, is this an opportunity? Are you looking for opportunities to share Jesus? And I'd encourage you to, to think about, are there some ways that you could be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit leading to talking to others about Jesus? Is there a way you could be more sensitive about that? Are we too quickly dismissive because it's uncomfortable for us? Because it's someone we maybe don't uh, feel like we're in the same social stratus with them or there's someone we don't feel like uh, we have enough relationship with. What are some ways we can be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit? Because I believe, like we see in this passage, the Holy Spirit will give you very clear direction. He gives us clear direction. It's just a question of whether we listen and respond to it. Let's stand up together and we'll close in prayer this morning. My hope is, as your pastor, that, that we will endeavor to meet people where they are. That the people of People Church will be that people in this community, in this region. That, that we're the people who are looking for the opportunity to meet people where they are. Looking for the opportunity to share Jesus with them. I pray that we'll be the people who are sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit and the opportunities that it presents to us. I pray that we will be the church who loves people into the kingdom. Because that's what God's called us to do, right? Father, this morning we thank you that 
your Holy Spirit does indeed speak to us. We thank you that, that just like when your Holy Spirit speaks to us, his intention is not to confuse us, not to leave us puzzled, but your Holy Spirit speaks clearly in ways that we can understand. So Holy Spirit, would you speak to us today and every day? God, these people in this place, I'm asking that your Holy Spirit will show them this week people that they have opportunity to build relationship with that they maybe thought they couldn't, people that they can share your love with that maybe they think there's no hope for. God, would you show these people, your people, who you want them to reach this week. Help us to love the people of this region into your kingdom. God, I ask that you would bless these, encourage them, make them bold and confident in your spirit. I ask that you would heal them, those who are here this morning and need physical healing, heal their bodies in Jesus' name. We look forward to testimony of those healings. God, that you would provide for the needs that they have in their life, that you would keep them safe. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.